right, today is March 12th, 2020, and we're back with another episode with me, John Benini, hanging with Pete Caputa, the CEO here at Databox. And today we're going to talk about live chat and how we rolled it out uh, for customer support. And this is Pete's angle, why it took us so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of talk about live chat. Intercom and Drift have done a really great job at getting SaaS companies like us to roll out chat, not just SaaS companies, but really uh, stressing the importance of conversations and conversational marketing. Um, and Intercom has obviously been around for a long time and really kind of championed the live chat as a support tool. But then Drift came along and really kind of did a really good job of branding the whole movement and getting all kinds of companies to roll out chat as a sales tool, as a customer support tool, all kinds of things. And now HubSpot has built chat into their tool. Um, Help Scout, I think, is building uh, has built functionality, similar functionality. So live chat has exploded. Uh, and if you follow all these companies, it seems pretty easy. But oftentimes not a lot is talked about in terms of actually rolling it out and the practicality of it. So that's what I figured we were going to talk about today. And again, why it took us, quote unquote, so long. So, Pete, I guess I'll start there because that was the angle you wanted to take here was why did it take us so long, which was basically a year to roll it out in the way that we've rolled it out now. So why did it take so long, do you think, to roll out support in the way that you wanted it? Uh, well, I think the, the biggest issue is, is staffing, which is right. complicated. But when we started rolling it out, we had like two people <laughs> in sales and support. So we had a really small team um and i think it, it was a at that time it was a question of doing what's urgent versus what's important right and so if we have lots of people with simple questions uh it wasn't the most important thing for us to be doing but with chat the expectation is that you're responding quickly right you're treating right. it urgently uh, and so now we're, we're at this point we have 19 people in our customer success uh team which encompasses both sales and customer support uh, so now we're our coverage right. is much better, and we've been able to build processes out. And I'd say that we have a the chat is a key part of our sales and um, and customer support processes at this point. Right, like early on when when obviously the staff was smaller, it was we were we were proactively reaching out to people that met certain criteria. Right, it wasn't necessarily just open to anybody to just to just get. Yeah, in touch with well, us we were. Yeah, so we we started really. Uh, with a small group of users, we ha- initially actually we just had it uh, on the sales side. Uh, we were using Drift, and we were just using it on the website. And we're basically handling pricing questions. Yeah, um, we couldn't even handle the volume. It was so right, it was and crazy. even then we had to like turn it off at times when our one sales guy was busy. So um, yeah, now and now we have chat available for all of our users across our whole website as well as uh, in app. Uh, and we, we also still send personalized messages, um, through, you know, through messaging, uh, the messaging capabilities, the campaign messaging capabilities actually of, uh, intercom at this point. Um, but, uh, but it's available. Yeah. All, all the time. Uh, uh, I should say all the time. I think people would find it. Yeah. I think people would find it interesting too, because we have, uh, how, how big is the team now? The, the support team? Uh, 19 sales and support. Yeah. And obviously it's different, you know, different time zones and it's a bigger team now. So like, uh, we, we don't offer 24 seven support, but like talk about the coverage and shifts and how that all worked. 
Yeah, that was the, I think the hard part too. It was it was a hard part too. Like at first we just kind of did it when people we had chat live when people were working, uh, when the team was working. And so for the most part, we were covering maybe eight, 10 hours, um, of the day. And it tended to be CET time where the majority of our team is in, in, uh, in Europe. And so we weren't covering the West coast at all. Um, we were covering, uh, East coast us, uh, very well either. Uh, and so we shifted now we're, we're covering, um, I think, around 13 hours of the day. So we're still not 24-7, but the way we have it set up is with shifts where uh, some people start their day at uh, 9 a.m. CET, which is, uh, which is uh, let's see, if I can not screw this up. This is, uh, that's like uh, 3 a.m. Eastern, uh, or 4 a.m., 3 or 4 a.m. Eastern, depending on daylight savings. Um, and then we have it going all the way up to like 8 or 10 p.m. CET, which would be 2 to 4, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. So we're covering – now we're covering at least the early mornings in the Pacific time zone um, and and a good portion of the Eastern time zone. Right. And actually having a live person there instead of just like bot functionality. Right. Yeah. So – we haven't really leveraged bots much. Uh, I find bots still. You're not a huge fan, right? Yeah, I find them to be pretty stupid. Still, <laughs> uh, you know, it's basically Why? if then if then yeah, thing. Yeah. And we're not eager to just book sales calls with everybody that wants to talk to us. We ideally want to talk to. Uh, we're, we'll we'll book calls, but we'll but only to the people who are. Uh, engaged and and actively kind of using our free product or our trial of our paid plan, um, and so um, so we we don't really want to just book calls, which I think the bots are good for that, but I don't think they're good for answering questions, uh, especially since our questions often are, how do I look at these metrics from this data source? in data box so they right. like are a lot of our answers require in-depth knowledge of say google analytics or hubspot or facebook ads um and there's just so many variables of the way people would want to report on that or visualize that data uh so it's really hard to program a bot uh, yeah. I, i'm i'm hopeful that bots eventually actually use artificial intelligence and can can learn and it seems like both drift and intercom are 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 working on that. They both have products now that seem to be more advanced bots, but yeah, just made uh, an acquisition. Yeah. Somebody from yeah. MIT, I think recently that, that helped. Yeah. Their like bots. a year or so ago, yeah. they seem to be moving along with it. And then intercom just launched something right. more recently. I think bots are, are good for website chat where, you know, like the amount of questions you're going to get, like you said before, a lot are going to revolve around pricing or right. like feature sets. But yeah, once you get into, the support function and it's questions about setting something up in the product. I think the bot is a little clunky. Yeah, they're not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah if, if the 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 bot's purpose is to you're a B two B company and they're on your website and they have basic questions about your product or service, uh, and you ultimately want to book a call with anyone that has questions, then uh, right. then I think the bots are great. But I don't. I haven't seen myself at least any bots where. Uh, they're they're carrying on conversations, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, talk, and, and talk about the thought process too behind like who and when to roll it out to because it was first rolled out to new users, right? Just new users. Yeah. Why was that? 
Mm-hmm. Well, we're already offering email support to to all of our paying customers, uh, and our response time was okay. Like it's pretty good. It was six hours, um, and we we do do and still do want to reduce the response time, um, but. Most of the questions that we were getting for custom, from customers were pretty in-depth. They required us to to do a little bit of research. Uh, it didn't lend itself to like an immediate response, even if we could handle it. Um, and so we've continued to do email support. We use Help Scout actually to manage that. Uh, and and uh, and that's been key. Help Help Scout kind of lets us have different folders and teams and escalate we can have workflow assignments i think a lot of the capabilities of help scout are in chat but what it comes down to is just the email is gives us kind of the time to to do the research we need to do respond longer it kind of forces i think that our customer a little bit to be a little more thoughtful about what questions they ask and how and how much information they share when they ask the question, so that we can go and do the research and figure out an answer to their question. So, uh, so we started with customers. I mean, so I'm sorry, we started. So when we started chat, we didn't start with customers. We actually started with new users, free users, or trial users, uh, and uh, and we started there. Uh, we also their questions were. And are a lot simpler, a lot more straightforward. We can actually rely a lot on our knowledge base, our, our documentation, also managed via Help Scout. But we can send them links to our documentation, uh, and we were able to take more newer employees, which is really all we had to work with, uh, and have them handle the chat, handle the more basic and the simpler questions in chat. The questions that that we could often answer with uh, just a support doc. They weren't personalized to the customer. Uh, as much, um, or we could quickly figure out, you know, the the their the customer situation uh, by logging into their account and seeing what they were asking us, and then answer them. Uh, so we started with um, free users, free trial. Um, then we rolled it out to newer users, rationalizing that like uh, the uh, their questions would also still be a little bit more simpler than our more more seasoned or or advanced users. Uh, and then we quickly realized that. Um, really chat didn't increase the volume of interactions from customers, uh, as much. It just kind of replaced email as the first initial contact. Uh, and we want to talk to our customers and help them if they're stuck. And so we then rolled it out to our entire, uh, customer base. And I'd say that process probably took us four or five months or so before we really rolled it out. I remember, um, actually, Billy was rolling it out, our director of sales and service, and uh, and he was eager to roll it out. And I said, you know, I, I'm worried about that it would potentially cause uh, a lot more of a support burden, and I'm just worried that we would turn it on, it would burden us, we wouldn't be able to handle the volume, we'd have to turn it off, and then customers are going to be upset that we rolled this out and kind of teased them with more prompt support. Uh, and and uh, and so we did it very slowly. Uh, it worked out good. Our uh, and we just recently made some new changes too. Where now our response rate across our whole customer base, free or paid, is like in the minutes on average uh, during our working hours. So you know if somebody emails or um, chats with us or tries to chat with us at like midnight CET time, they're gonna have to wait till the morning. But but um but if during that that 
11, 13 hour window where we have somebody working, our response time is, is literally minutes at this point on yeah. average, right? Yeah. So sometimes we're responding right away and sometimes it takes a little while. That transition away from like exclusively just email support and then to live chat first to new users, then to all customers, like the obvious question, but the benefit from that, did you, did you think you saw something noticeable from transitioning from, from maybe email where it took a little longer to like the live chat element? Um, saw like saw a benefit to us or the customers. Yeah, you... like like whether it was adoption or like you know p- paid conversion rates or higher NPS. Like w- yeah, like just like the so benefit the, of offering the, the live chat on the sales side. It took us it took us a little while, but um, what we got good at is identifying the people who were fairly likely to buy or have a higher likelihood of buying. Um, cause they're asking a bunch of questions. They're asking good questions. They're, um, asking questions related to, um, integrations like data sources and features that we know, um, are valuable and will provide them a lot of value. And so we got good at kind of figuring that out and then offering a call to them so that we could get deeper into what they're trying to set up in the product and literally either help them or at least point them in the right direction so they can do it themselves. Uh, more efficiently. So, uh, so I'd say, uh, and we could measure that, right? We could measure the number of meetings and deals created. And so that went up. Um, I'd say over time, the portion, the proportion of new customers who we talked to over a Zoom call before they bought also went up. Um, for those that don't know our business, like literally two thirds of our customers don't talk to us over the phone before they buy. Um, and so, uh, but before that was actually a bigger portion. A little um, different but, than your old gig, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. My old gig, and we talked to everybody for usually an hour at least, maybe some, <laughs> sometimes three or four at max. But uh, but yeah, the uh, quite quite different. So, uh, but it, it's good when we can talk to somebody before they buy. Yeah. Um, we are very generous, I think, with offering both a free product uh, that has a lot of capabilities in it, where they can test a lot of our features, and then a free trial where they can really connect a lot of different data sources, build a bunch of dashboards, uh, look at a lot, like explore our product fully. Um, And so, uh, but we still run into people that, you know, buy uh, without, without really fully setting it up. And so if we talk to people, we know that we have a better chance of getting them set up and and ultimately getting value out of our product in the long term. What goes into knowing, like you mentioned, we started understanding the question, the right, basically the questions that people would ask that would make them maybe a, a better fit for a user just for people listening, whether it's another SaaS company or an agency or any sort of service business. Like, what do you, what do you think goes into understanding that obviously an understanding of your customer, but you're seeing tons of different questions. Like what goes into really being able to prioritize and know like, all right, th- these, these people, these users are a better fit. Is it just like, the the extensiveness of their questions like how deep they are into your product or like how did how did we go about understanding like all right these are the questions right here that because for us that could be a million things right we have over 70 integrations like how do you narrow that down yeah well i think the first the fact that they're actually asking a question is a good signal first of all (laughs) um right we get like 40 500 plus signups you know the exact number but 4500 plus signups a month um, we have chats, conversations with about 2,500, chat or email conversations, about 2,500 uh, individual users per month. Um, 
So so a good portion of the people signing up just never never talked to us. Is that new people? Twenty five hundred new, or is that just twenty five? No, no, it's twenty five hundred total, total conversations. Actually, actually, could be uh, there could be people with multiple conversations, chats, right, right. And emails. So so yeah. It's anyway the long the long ver- the short version of that is we talk to just a fraction of the people who sign up for a product. So um, so I'd say that's the first thing. And then uh, as you know. Um, you know, depending on what data sources they're actually connecting, um, that's a good signal for us. So if somebody's connecting, say, HubSpot and Facebook ads or Google ads, those are really good indications that they're serious about their right. um, their marketing performance and improving it um, or reporting Google on Google Analytics is what? Just kind of table stakes? What's that? Like if they connect just GA, like that's, that's yeah, kind of just table we stakes. Have, no, it's our most popular integration. Yeah. Yeah, so if they only connect that, yeah, it's not. It's sometimes just they're just testing or curious. Yeah. Um, we actually just had a call or reviewed a call with a, a customer, a prospect that had like twelve GA accounts and twelve GS Google Search Console accounts and one Ahrefs accounts, and they basically said, "I can't afford your product. What can you do for me?" And we're like, "I don't think you're a good fit." Uh, so. Um, you know, if, if, uh, if you're, all you're using is free, if all they're using is free tools and we'll have people that like just connect a few social accounts, they can just use our free product. Um, right, right. so they're not, not the best fit. So that's one of them. Um, and then it, it's the, it's the, um, depth of their questions. I think, as you know, a good portion of our customers are marketing agencies. And so if they start asking questions around, how do I, um, you know, how do I get a report that I can send once a month? Um, the, or how do I, um, how would you recommend I, um, report, uh, my data, um, or, Hey, I'm trying to, um, report on these metrics, these specific metrics, and they can actually tell us what they want, what they are, or they might be stuck and say, Hey, I'm trying to report on this metric. How can I do it? Those are good questions, right? Those people are engaged. They actually have a real uh, business need and they know enough about, data to um to ask good questions and signal that they're going to be likely to actually uh, need the product right and we have like a a pretty complex setup right now right because you like it's not just new users now it's it's free users it's you know we have uh people that are on a trial that have a trial set up paying customers agent you know agency partners and then we have multiple systems too intercom and and we mentioned help scout on the email side so how is that all structured yeah um yeah so we have a relatively complex system i think um the first thing i'd say is that um that the and this might not be obvious to most people is the knowledge base is actually really key um you know i think we would spend twice as much probably five times as much time trying to explain things to to people if we didn't have a good documentation in our knowledge base and so we actually invested a lot in that kind of at the same time we started chat realizing that like hey, we're we're basically we might even we were explaining the same things over and over again or might even be explaining things wrong to some people because some parts of our product are pretty complicated even for our team members our newer team members to to wrap their head around um so i think that was a big thing um but yeah we use we use so we use help scout for for both our knowledge base and our email ticketing system uh and then we use uh intercom uh, for our uh, for our chat, uh, both on website and and in app, um, we've you've been using Intercom. We had Intercom for years, um, and um, we have all of our product usage data 
that's pumped into intercom from Mixpanel. So that allows us to actually set up really flexible campaigns mm-hmm. um, where we can send the right messages to users based on um, what stage in the lifecycle they're in, whether they're brand new free user, whether they're a trial user, whether they're a paid user, uh, also whether they're an agency or not an agency, um, as well as like what data sources they've connected, if they connected GA or HubSpot or, or others, um, what features they may or may not have used. Uh, the, the, I love the intercom campaign features is it allows you to create a campaign of messages. Uh, and if you, if you, once you send the, or if you schedule the in-app message to go and it doesn't get seen, you can then trigger an email automatically. So it's nice to have both email and chat in one nurturing sequence. Yeah, uh, we're, we're doing also, that on the product promotion side right now. Right on the product promotion side, we yeah. also do that with the lifecycle stage nurturing. Um, and then the other thing that I love that it does is you can set up a campaign where each message has its own send criteria. So instead of saying, hey, put people into this sequence of messages if they meet these criteria, you can say, put these people in the sequence of messages if they meet these criteria. And also, before you send that individual message, check to meet it. They also meet this other criteria that's important for that message. Um, so it allows you to send, I think, a setup uh, up to 30 uh, messages in one campaign. And then, so somebody might only ever get five of those 30, but, um, it's the five that are most relevant to them. So it's a, it's a nice way of of dialing. So we have that set up that initiates a lot of chat conversations. I'd say, I think it's close to 40 or 50%, um, of the chat conversations are people responding to a message that we send and then just the chat bubble being present. Um, gets uh, where the user can initiate the chat. That's what starts the rest of them. Um, so, which yeah. is, do you have any like a gut on like which one actually has better conversations? Um, I don't. We don't have tracking that measures any kind of outcome. It's probably so variable against like... that variable. Yeah. So I wouldn't be able to tell you which one leads to better conversations. What we do find is that. The message that we send, although that we personalize them the best yeah. we can given the technology, a lot of times people are just responding with a, another random question. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think just being available is more important than the message that you're sending. Um, we see that with product promotions too. They'll respond to the product promotion with a completely different question. Right. But exactly. then it inspires yeah. a conversation that maybe we yeah, otherwise so wouldn't have. Um, we also get, you know, complaints here and there and say, stop interrupting my usage of your product with your messages. (laughs) Although it takes like literally a second to dismiss it. We do get some people that are like livid over the fact that we would, and we try to set it up so that they only ever receive one message per session, active session. So sometimes those messages might pile up if they don't dismiss them. But, uh, but we, we try not to like hit them over the head with more than one message while they're trying to do something. Yeah, we have product promotions set up so they, they won't be sent uh, any more frequent than three days apart. So they won't get hit with one, multiple ones in a day or yeah. uh, consecutive days, whatever it is. Yep, um, yep. So the, uh, the, the, you were asking like what our setup is. And I don't yeah. know if you meant just um, the technology setup, but we also have a relatively... Um, it's simpler now, but a relatively complex setup of how of who handles what messages. Um, I don't know if that's worth sharing. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Why not? I mean, uh, <laughs> for for people to have bigger teams or even even smaller yeah. teams, like how do we how do you route that? Yeah. So um, so we have um, 
so the customer success team is broken into two teams, uh, customer support and sales. Um, the customer support team is actually much larger. Um, if I do the math, it's, uh, I want to say it's close, closer to like 14 people. Yeah, I think 14, not including the leader of that, uh, Emil, who, who runs customer support. Um, and then, and then we have, uh, four people doing, uh, sales and then we have some other people in unique roles. Um, but the, uh, so that's the high level within the customer support, those 14 or so people, um, we actually have three levels of support. Um, so level one support, their job is to answer the, any question that they are capable of answering, but they tend to be the, um, the simpler questions. They tend to be more of the questions from prospects or trial users. Uh, but they also do answer questions from customers if they can. Uh, and their job is to kind of be as responsive. They do a relatively high volume of chat conversations, um, you know, depending on the complexity it could be from 10, 10 to 30 per day or something like that. Um, and then, uh, and then we have a level two support team. That's a much smaller team. Um, so the level one team is like seven people. They also tend to be our newer people. We figured that we, we found that that's like a good training ground for newer people. Uh, but then we have some more senior people on a level two support team. It's three people. Um, and that, and those, uh, three people tend to handle things that don't require uh, any technical investigation, but, but are, uh, more complex, uh, questions that do require some level of research where we have to look in maybe into the customer's account and figure out, you know, what they're trying to do, what they've done. Uh, we might have to record a quick video to show them how to do something, um, or write a more in-depth answer to a question or confusion that they have. Uh, and then finally, we have a level three support team. These are our most technical support team members. Uh, they know how to write SQL for users that um, that are using a SQL database connection. Uh, they're experts at you know manipulating data in a spreadsheet if needed. Um, they um, they also know our systems intimately, which are pretty complicated. So they can see they can like investigate. Um, you know, uh, when the last time we might have fetched specific data, um, what that fetch looked like, if there are any errors in the API when we called the data from a third-party API provider, like if we called uh, the data from, say, Google Analytics, um, they would be able to see if there was an error on Google's side. Like there's a lot of things that they can investigate. They also work really closely with our engineering team. And so oftentimes we even have engineers uh, taking a look at um, customer, customer questions or customer support issues. Uh, and so that's the support side on the sales side. And I should say, also say, um, uh, account management side, uh, cause we kind of have people that are straddling those worlds, uh, uh, and well, as, as well as one person dedicated fully to account management, uh, uh, stuff. Um, and so, uh, they're, they're, they spend much more of their day on phone calls, um, either in a trial when somebody's in a trial, and needs more help evaluating, or um, if uh, if somebody decides they want to pay for uh, services from us to help with onboarding um, uh, and and things like that. So um, they're in chat, but not extremely often. The times when they go into chat is to see like the history of the communications we might have had with someone, and they'll look both in Help Scout and Intercom for that. And then also um, they'll often help somebody uh, help a, a more junior member of our team, both level two and three support as well as our sales team will jump in to a chat if the level one person needs help uh, explaining right. something 
or or some or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, we have a pretty I say pretty complex system there. Um, so everybody's got to be know how to use chat. Um, Sophisticated, you know to, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what's next? Like, where? How does it grow and how does it like evolve from here? Do you think? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> well, we're building out the team. I think that's probably the biggest one. We ultimately want to have 24-7 support. Um, the only way we'll do that is if we, we probably need at least another 10 people, and those people need to be in different time zones. Uh, so it'll take us a while to, to get there. It'll probably take us uh, at least six months before we can staff up a team to offer 24-7 um, support. Yeah, if anybody has uh, recruit, recruiting tips or... Or What's that? insights. Uh, if anyone listening has recruiting tips or insights for, you know, uh, other locations or or yes. Central America things that have worked for you, like we're I know you tweeted yep. about that recently, Pete. So yeah, so most of our teams in CET, we're looking yeah. for some yeah cost effective places where we can support the Western time zone in the U.S. as well as start to support um, support uh, Asia better. Uh, potentially offer support you know from Asia to other parts of the world yeah. in Latin America. So, yeah, we're open. I would love any suggestions. I have a lot. I have like 50 suggestions that I got when I asked the question on Twitter. So I have to go and go through those and uh, work with Emil to to come up with a plan. But, um, yeah, that's 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 a big one. Um, we're we're definitely continue improving the knowledge base. Um, the we you know leveraging we find that we actually we point people to the knowledge base but also it's a really good resource for our team because we have those 70 integrations there's really no way that we can teach any any human especially not our brand new team members uh all of those integrations all of the i call them use cases um so all the re all the ways you might or reasons you might use say a google analytics or hubspot they're pretty pretty wide uh and multiply that by 70 integrations and that's really hard so we'll continue to invest a lot in our knowledge base as you know into into our content um that uh product marketing content you can call it i guess uh as well um and then i'd say that um the last thing is i think chat is like an amazing tool for learning uh like when i when i used to do when i did sales management at hubspot the only way I could ever observe uh, a salesperson or even hear directly what a customer was asking or telling us was if I listened to a recorded call or I joined a live call and, and listened. Uh, and there's only so much time in the day, right, to do that, especially amongst all the other management uh, responsibilities. But what I love about Chad is that um, everyone in the organization can go in and pretty quickly scan a conversation and see two things. One, what was this cu- what does this customer need, and and how and how can we best solve that? And then two, what is it that we're not covering um, that we should be covering? Um, whether that's creating a new knowledge base article, creating a new integration, pulling new metrics from an organ uh, from a from a new from an integration. Um, whether that's, um, improving a feature or adding a feature, um, whether that's creating a, an, ed, you know, a piece of educational content on a specific topic, like, Hey, how do I, how should I report, um, on my sales team's activity and results 
if I'm using HubSpot CRM, like that's a piece of content we know we need to create because we get asked that question so many times. And so we use the tags inside of uh, Intercom to kind of keep track of the different types of uh, questions and requests that we get. Uh, and then we have people that are kind of own different parts of the business, whether that's um, product improvements or integration improvements or knowledge base improvements, or as you know, uh, product marketing yeah. uh, content, et cetera. And so those people kind of review those chats, identify opportunities to improve our product or our content or our, our help docs. Um, and, uh, and then that kind of just creates this amazing, I think, feedback loop at scale where we can go through thousands of chats, figure out what users need and want and build that. Uh, and so I don't think you, you could get that in, on the, in any other way. I guess you could get it through email and we, you know, we, we do follow a similar process for, for our email support where we tag, tag emails and, uh, in our, in our help doc, in our, um, in help scout and, and use that in this kind of the same system. But that combination of chat and, and email allows us to really observe what customers want and build it. Yeah. I, I love it from a marketing perspective too. Like it allows our team to be able to go in and develop use case ideas. And, and, uh, you know, we, we have a process or we're developing a process now that, uh, you know, allows us to be able to surface those. And like you were saying, turn them into knowledge base articles, turn them into product use cases, turn them into videos. Uh, and like you said, yeah, I mean, I, I, in, in the past I've worked at companies where we used help scout in a similar way, but it was a little, a little harder to do like digging through emails and you could, flag you know categorize and tag emails a certain ways that you know you could do something yeah. similar but i just find that it's easier with live chats uh yeah like I, I think i think live chat allows you to get if i had to compare like phone calls to right. live chat to email um live chat allows you to get a high volume of immediate interaction so i think you get more nuance to somebody's struggles in our in the product by having a chat because the way they ask that first question signals what they do or don't know yeah it also allows you to ask very follow-up questions very quickly point them to resources very quickly uh and just get more nuance out of them uh and whereas i think with email first of all it takes maybe days especially with time zone differences to get to the root of it um and you don't always you know they're taking a lot more time to maybe communicate and you're taking a lot more time to prepare the communication so you don't kind of you don't really see the right what they're missing, right? Because they're spending their time to, to communicate right. better. And so I think chat gives you that. It also just, I think, gets more. Uh, more. We did, in, over time, as we shifted from purely email to email and chat support, we did get a lot. We do now get a lot more interactions, um, even though I think it just kind of shifted to some degree. The overall num number of interactions we have customers is higher. I will say, though, that like there, nothing really replaces a phone conversation. Um, with someone where, you, especially with a Zoom call, where you can actually share screens, yeah. show people things directly, and so I still listen to at least one call per week, um, and I stay really closely close to our sales team who does Zoom calls. I'm constantly asking them, you know, what they're seeing, um, and uh, and I use the them and those calls to kind of validate the bigger decisions we have to make around which, which improvements we want to prioritize. Um, so I think uh, it's kind of, I wouldn't say that it's just chat, but uh, chat is certainly a, a huge, huge way to remove a lot of friction in, in getting feedback from customers. 
That was good. I mean, yeah, th- this was good. This was uh, so. Th- I mean, that's it in a nutshell, right? That uh, that's all. all. That's why it took us a, a year. <laughs> that's why it took us a year. I think, yeah, like you could easily any company could easily throw chat on their website and start capturing a few more leads and and connecting live to a few prospects. I'd encourage anybody to do that. The initial price point of all these tools is pretty is pretty low, um, but I think to really use it to transform how you do product management, how you do your marketing and what marketing you do, uh, how you improve your, your product, how you improve your internal processes. Like that takes, that takes time. You got to staff up, you got to train people, you got to create processes around it. Got to build different teams that handle different things, figure out handoff processes. There's, there's a lot to it to make it work, build up our knowledge base. That's that's one of the biggest things uh, I've learned working with you is, is the thoughtfulness behind process and why that's important to nail that first. Uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, I've been guilty in the past of, of, uh, even early on at Databox, but in past jobs of just like that excitement and that bias to action and just doing stuff, and and then you don't really have, <laughs> you don't really have the the strategy behind it or yeah. like the process behind it, and then it usually dies out because there's not there's not a process to support it, and so yeah, I. I I appreciate yeah, and you've, that. Approach. You've also gotten, if we're exchanging compliments, you've also gotten very good at it. I'd say you're, you're, uh, and as far as doc coming out with processes, prioritizing the creation of processes, tweaking your processes, documenting them, sharing them, sticking to them. You've done that's because you're a tough it. crowd. Like when you edited them early on, it was like, <laughs> all right, I don't want to hear anything from Pete. So I got to make this thing <laughs> as exhaustive as possible. <laughs> well, I tweet, I tweeted the other day. You probably saw it. I got way more attention than I thought, but I said, uh, something like if you don't want to be micromanaged, yeah. get good at creating <laughs> and documenting processes, um, setting goals and deadlines, and uh, project planning. So yeah, that blew up. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a good one. Maybe that'll be another podcast episode. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so don't, don't start doing chat unless you have a project plan and thought through your processes, all that other stuff. And obviously, there's projects that go around it, like building up a knowledge base or building up content that can be used in chat. Uh, thinking through your life cycle stages and what messages you want to send, all that stuff. All right. Well, if you have any other questions or you have insights or things you want to share with us, um, whether about this subject or other things you want to see covered as we try to lift you know, the hood up and show you, uh, you know, some of the things we're doing at Databox, you know, feel free to reach out LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, any, or any other place, email if you have it. And, uh, you know, we'd be happy to chat about that stuff. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Pete, thanks for, for sharing everything about our, our live chat process and how it's worked this whole past year. No, it's fun. It was good to, good to chat about it. <laughs>